0: We've been looking um, over the last month we were looking at the three parts of who we are as a Christian, the spirit, soul and body. Today I wanted to move on. Now, imagine if you would that there's two people um, that are part of this town that's looked after by this amazingly great benefactor. Someone who loves to bless people with gifts and they're all living there. Now one of them lives a righteous life, so they're they're a good person, they do all the right things, they are kind to people, they work hard, they contribute to society, and then there's another person who is a criminal, so they're being convicted so many times of stealing, of doing the wrong thing, um, being horrible to people. They live a lifestyle where they're basically living purposely on a welfare to, to take off other people. Their heart is wrong. Imagine one day that each one of them receives a gift, a parcel with a gift inside of it. And the gift that they're given is a beautiful, precious gift and it's from this person that is the benefactor in the town. As they open the gifts, they look at it and they go, wow, that's amazing, and they can see the value that each gift has. Anyway, one day in this town, a calamity strikes happens to be on an island, this town, and the only way out is to get on a boat and get out. Volcanoes erupting, the town's in trouble, and so people are going down to the wharf, but there's not enough room on the boat for everyone. So they get down to the wharf, they're standing there in line, and as the last boat fills up and the people that can escape get out, these two end up at the front of the line. Now, what would they do to decide who goes on this boat? And there is no other room. That's just the way it is. No one's going to be nice and swap with them, but this is it. it. comes down to these final two people. How are they going to decide? So what happens is that someone had to decide. The captain of the boat gets down and he says, listen, you guys, I know you live in this town and you've each received a gift from the man who basically runs and owns this town. Can you please show me what that gift is? The guy who was a good person shows a gift and it's a great gift you know it's, it's worth a lot of money' it's, it's beautiful and ornate and then he says, okay you show me your gift to the other guy who's the criminal he shows the gift and it just so happens that that gift is so much more beautiful so much so much more lovely than the gift that the other person had received. Captain says right that person with the greatest gift they coming on board. I just gotta get my glasses. <laughs> how do you feel about that? You reckon that's a good decision? You reckon that's the way it should be? I bet most of you, if not all of you, are saying nah. That's just not right. It should really be the person who's the good person, right? Is that how you think? How well, I'd think, come on. Who wants the bad person to get on the boat? Who wants a good person to get on the boat? Yeah, right, we all think that way. <laughs> but so many of us would say that's really unfair because it's on the gift. You know, well, that doesn't really reflect that person. And so that's our first point for this morning's message. You might see on your newsletter, you've got some little things you can fill in if you want to on page three, I think it is, that we're going to try and put in every week, just a few lines to just help you remember. We've got a slide for this one, there we go. This is our first thing that we want to think about. Gifts are a reflection of the giver, not the receiver. Would you say that's true? So we know that these two people got a gift from this amazing benefactor, but one gift was more beautiful than the other, but they were all good gifts, and yet there's a decision made on the gifting that one person has. Why am I bringing this up? Because we're about to look at gifts in terms of spiritual gifts, um, practical gifts, whatever God gives us as humans through his great mercy. And what I want you to understand is that anything that is a gift has nothing to do with you. Matt came up this morning and he talks about this free gift of grace that God has given us to be saved. Um, We all know that there's amazing gifts that God's given us uh, in terms of our salvation. So it says... He's given us the gift of salvation, the gift of joy, the gift of reconciliation, the gift of peace, the gift of love, the gift of hope, the gift of fellowship. There's all these things that come as we get to know God, but I wanted to look at the next few weeks over some practical gifts that that we might get there, and the spiritual gifts, which they're all actually spiritual, but they're from God. What's important to already start with this base is this, that so many people evaluate their worth on the gift they receive, which is nothing, absolutely nothing to do with them. Any gift that we have is always a reflection of the person who gives us the gift. So we know that's true, don't we? If we're at a party and someone comes and they're, you know, they're a generous person, they'll usually bring a really good gift. Man, it's awesome, happy birthday, here's a beautiful gift. And then you get someone else... He just isn't very thoughtful and and they'll give you a gift and it's, you know, like a gift card, that's what I'll give (laughs) because I can't think of anything. I'm not that thoughtful. But it reflects on who gives the gift, right? Is that right? Whoever gives the gift, the gift that you have is from them and it reflects on them, not on you. Yeah? Okay. And the thing is that so often in the Christian world, when it comes to spiritual gifts or giftings and even callings, there's so much pride about what you have. Oh, they've got the gift of healing. They must be amazing. God must love them so much more than this person who's got this gift of hospitality. God's given them the gift of teaching. I wish I had that gift, but I've only got the gift of shaking hands at the door and welcoming people and making them feel good Therefore, I wish I was like them. <laughs> yes, Bob, that's your beautiful gift. <laughs> I don't believe that's all you've got. <laughs> but that's how we think sometimes, isn't it? It's like, oh, I wish I had what they had. And and yet when we go and looking through all of this, it's about what does God give you? What are you responsible for? What is it that God wants you to do? Really important. Imagine if everybody here just decided in their head that I'm just going to be a pastor of a big church. Every single one of you. You went out and you saying, no, nah, that's my gift, I want that gift, we're all going to do it. Everybody's got a church of one. Congratulations. It's not very big, <laughs> but you're equal big with everyone else, right? So that's pretty good. But all the gifts that, I ha- that we have, me and you, all the gifts that we have, the spiritual gifts, come from God. There is no other source. And so whatever we have is a reflection of his great love and his great mercy towards us. Nothing to do with me. It's not like because oh they must pray more because they've got this gift, so obviously I'm not praying enough, otherwise I have this other different gift to the one I have. Ephesians 4 tells us that this was part of the work that Jesus had. When he died, he, he, when he ascended, he, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. It's part of the work of Jesus. You see, before the cross, the gifts of the Holy Spirit weren't given to everybody. You'd have people that might be prophets, kings or priests, and there was an anointing that came upon them, but not every person had it. It was only the person in that office. But with us as believers, we're going to look and see that each one of us has a special gift from God, each one of us. In fact, nobody in this congregation today who names Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour, who is a Christ follower, does not have a gift from the Spirit. Nobody. So we're going to read a fair whack of passage of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and then we're going to have a look at those points a little bit more. So we're looking at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, then 4 to 11 and 27. I've broken it up a little bit. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. There are different types, kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we who serve the same Lord, God God works in different ways. Sorry, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Now the last bit, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. So, Corinthians is a letter that's written to a church. At the beginning of this, this chapter that we're just reading from, it says, now in answer to your question, You see, Scripture is sometimes, these are letters, they're actually really letters that someone wrote to someone. So this is written to the church in Corinth. Why? Because I'm answering your questions. You guys are asking me about spiritual gifts and no doubt some of us here today have questions about them. What is a spiritual gift? The Corinthians especially were interested because they were just going nuts with the gifts that God had given them. In fact, they were chaotic. They were out of order and their church meetings were descending into chaos and people were starting to get prideful about what they had. So someone would have a prophecy, and then someone else would try and prophesy over the top of them, and people were yelling loudly in tongues when they shouldn't have been, uh, and things like that. There's, There's all sorts of stuff happening. And also in this place, in Corinth, they had a lot of different gods. So before people were saved, they'd say things like this, Oh, I have received this gift from this god. And someone else says, Oh, I've got the gift from this god. And someone says, I've got the gift from this God. So as we read through that that passage, you'll see it says many times from the one God, the one Spirit. What it's saying was that everything that we have is from one Spirit. There is not lots of different spirits giving us different gifts. It is the same Spirit that works in us. So what I want to sort of have you go away with today is three things. And the first one is this. Every believer has a special gift from God, even though they're different. That's very important. God is so inclusive in this. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit um, hit, the crowd that was in the upper room, it was poured out on everyone. This was an event that was prophesied back in the Old Testament in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. Then after doing all those things, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. In those days I will pour out my Spirit even on servants, men and women alike. Now some would like to say that there's only special people that receive a gift from God. Some would even say it's only men that can really receive a gift from God. But this clearly talks about the Spirit being poured out on all flesh even to the extent that servants get this spirit as well. What Jesus did was break down so many hierarchies in this world that people are better than other people. Yes, there are authorities. But at the cross, all these things are broken down. That's why Paul wrote, there is no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female. That we are all equal in Christ. And we must understand that because there's some people here who might say, well, I'm young, I can't have a gift of the Spirit. Maybe you're still in high school, maybe you're in primary school, who's still listening here today. And you're like, well, you know, I can't really get a gift of the Spirit, that's for the adults. And this this prophecy in Joel just smashes that. It says, you're young men. I will pour out your Spirit on your sons and your daughters and they'll prophesy. You see, the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, is for every person. And maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not really that high in status in the world. I'm just whatever you might be in the world standard. I'm only a cleaner. Therefore, God can't use me. That smashes that. It's saying that it doesn't matter what your social standing is, God has given you a gift of the Spirit, from the Spirit, and it's yours. We're going to be talking about different types of gifts later, so there might be a time when you would prophesy, but it's a one-off event, but then others, they've got this special gift that it's part of them. Again, nothing to do with that person, all to do with a gift. I don't know if you know this, but gifts aren't earned. If I give a gift to my children... It's not because they've earned it. I haven't asked them to do a job. I haven't asked them to work a day to get what they're given. The gift is totally free. There's no strings attached. It's yours. The only time we see debates about that is broken down engagements, right? (laughs) They give them the ring. Now let's see a show of hands here. If the woman calls it off, should she hand the ring back? Hands up. If the man calls it off, should she hand the ring back? No. (laughs) That might be one with strings attached. But a real gift, (laughs) a real gift has no strings attached, right? And Paul even went so far as to say the gifts and callings of God are given to you and he doesn't take them back. They're not withdrawn from you. And this is important too because as we keep talking about the things that we're given today, I want you to understand that if once you felt like God was using you but you've let something die out, God wants to reignite that in your life. And today you're going to get the chance at the end of this sermon to come up the front if that's you. You felt like, I've just let it die and we've got our prayer teams going to come and they're going to pray for you. And these guys were praying for you this morning before church started out in that back room. So if you get challenged by the Spirit during this, I'd ask that you come out and let them pray for you and try to fan into flame that gift. So that's our first thing. Every believer has a special gift from God. None of you missed out. Don't think you have. The second thing, gifts from God are given to us for the benefit of the whole body of Christ. I'm missing a page. So every single one of us that has a gift, it's not for our benefit. It's not for our benefit. And this is one of the problems that we find when people start to talk about, what's your gift? They start to think that it belongs to them. But every single gift that we have is from God and it's for the whole body of Christ. The only point Of gifts is so that we can grow each other in Christ to serve one another as you're reading through that Corinthians passage. Have I got more verses there? Okay that's not them (laughs) keep going keep going oh wait go back sorry can you go back okay keep going this is fun hey oh here we go have a look at those verses. 1 Corinthians 12.7, this is it. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us. Again, there's that inclusiveness, each one of us. Why? So we can help each other. Ephesians 4.7, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Keep going. I'm pretty sure I must have missed them. Okay, 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to... Serve one another. Wow. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things. Well, keep going. I'll see if they're actually there. What have I done? (laughs) No. That's it. But the point is this. That any gift that you have is not for you. It never was designed for you. That as a Christian, whatever it is that God's given you to do, whatever's in your hand, needs to be consecrated to him. First of all, to bring him glory And how it does that is by serving other people in the body of Christ. If you have a gift that you're not using, if you're not serving the body of Christ somewhere, in some capacity, whatever that might be, and we're not looking at specific things today, but that means you're hiding what God has given you, not using it for Him. I was so impressed the other day, I went to a meeting at Palmerston Christian School and there's a guy who's a lawyer and he's helping them write um, a reply to the anti-discrimination legislation that was coming through. To see a person who has been gifted with a mind like his with an understanding like his, using it for things of the kingdom was amazing. And each one of us so we might not dedicate our whole part of our life, our understanding our gifts, our talents to the kingdom of God, at some stage God is going to ask you, why aren't you using it for my kingdom? The gifts that you have, the talents that you have are all given from him and they are for the benefit of the kingdom to serve one another. And yet so many times the way that gifts have been understood is that the gifts are to serve me, to build me up, to make me look good in front of other people. If only I have a good gift, then they will think I'm great. And that totally is not the point of a gift that God has given you. Each one of us each one of us, has a special gift to serve one another. Every single one of us, and it's up to us, number three, to use the gift that God has given us. So this is a one Timothy four fourteen. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Second Timothy one six. This is why I remind you to fan into flames a spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. I guess we're going to skip back a little bit for a here. Paul talks about, in that Corinthians passage, we see him talking about the gifts, but then he starts to talk about the church being a body. What does that really mean? I just want you to think about yourself, if you're a Christian and you're part of a body of believers. Have you ever seen a person without their leg? Maybe you have. Have you ever seen a person without an eye? Probably. Have you ever seen a person without both legs? I have. Someone without arms. I've seen people with just basically a body, no arms, no legs and a head. When we look at that, what do we see? We see a body that's not, functioning the way it should, correct? We see a body that is not going exactly right, not how it's meant to work. Why is that? Because there's parts missing. And when we understand the body of Christ, this is what it means, that each one of you has a special part to play. I encourage you to read through that scripture in 1 Corinthians 12. Each one of us has a special part to play. Now when that scripture is talking it says this, if the foot says the body has no need of me, I'm going to leave what happens? The body actually stays alive. Right? What dies? The foot. If I decide to leave the body and not work the way I should, if I'm the one who withdraws myself from the body, they don't need me, what's going to happen to me? I'm going to die. My spiritual life falls apart, seriously. Why? Because you are designed to be part of a body. The thing is that the body will keep going. The church of God is not going to fall apart because one of us leaves, but what will happen is it's not going to function at the peak efficiency that it has. Why? Because the part of the body that's meant to serve in holding up the rest of me and help me walk has just gone. But it can't survive without the body. And so it's really dangerous of us to say, they don't need me. Or I have a gift, but I'm not using it for the body. In fact, if we had to look at the parable of the the talents that Jesus talked about, or the wicked servant, it talks about that servant who hid away the gift and talent that he had. When the master came back, he said, you wicked and you lazy servant, you are going to enter into outer darkness. There's something pretty severe in the words of Jesus right there. To say that, don't neglect it. Don't neglect the gift that's in you. And, and this seems to be what was happening with Timothy here, that he was growing tired of doing what he did. He was working in churches that were really hard. He was working in societies that were against him constantly, pulling down his leadership, false teaching coming in, false teachers coming in, and he was probably withdrawing from it. And Paul's saying, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to encourage you, Timothy, right here, that God has given you a special gift, a unique gift for you, the calling that you have. You got it when the people laid hands on you and they stirred it up within you. You received it from the prophecy. The elders laid hands on you. And this is the other thing. The body is where the gifts are revealed. Nobody receives their gift and calling without body being part of it. It is not your decision to just say, this is what I want give it to me, God, and if I don't get it, I'm doing nothing. I'm doing nothing because I haven't got what I wanted, but God clearly said in Corinthians, as the Spirit wants, He's going to give it to you. Now, I believe we can increase in the availability and the gifts that God uses us for, but it's the Spirit who decides. And we don't have any right in that. And there's no higher or lower in that either. You see, any pastor or teacher is only there to serve the body, really, to hopefully bring an understanding and bring all of you guys more alive in Christ, and hopefully I become more alive in Christ because of that. And each one of you, when you speak into my life or you do certain things for me, you encourage me in my Christian world. There's no better or worse, there's no higher or lower, it's just what you're designed to do. And can it change? Yes, it can. Because callings change. The gift you have won't move, but the calling. You see, tomorrow God could say to me, Neil, I don't want you to pass this church anymore. The call is finished. I just want you to sit still for, for three years and then maybe I'll call you again. It's not up to me, it's up to him. What are you asking me to do right now, God? And so we see Timothy, obviously in this, this state of, you know, I'm just so tired, but then Paul says this, Again, this is why I remind you. This is why I remind you. Fan into flames the gift that God has given you. And so many of us don't do that, do we? We know we've got a gift. We've got something given to us by God, but we sit idly by while it just dies out. The fire extinguishes in our life. And so what I'm asking for you today is this. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to be brave and bold. I want you to come up the front here and say, you know what, I need this stirred up again. I need to stir it up. How do we do that? Fan into the flame, fan into flames. How do we fan anything into flames? By blowing on it a breath. I don't know if you've ever had that with a fire that's going out and the coals are there and you put something on, it's still not lighting. You blow in the air and the fire ignites again. And what God says is you need the breath of the Holy Spirit on that to ignite that fire again because you can't do it in your own self. There might be a time where you just have to say, you know what, God... I'm feeling heavy, hard-hearted, and I need you to fan into flame that gift that's in me. It says you fan it into flame, but that means you get to know God again. You get close to Him, and the fan of His Spirit comes through your soul and ignites the embers of that call that's been there all along, the embers of the gift that's in you, and it begins to burn again. Because the things that will extinguish the things of the Spirit are the things of the flesh. When we give over to our own selfish ways and thinking, when we give over to to criticizing, when we give over to condemning people and judging people, all of a sudden this flame that burns so bright grows dull and we cannot change our heart without letting our spirit man come alive. And this is done by the Spirit, the breath of God in our lives. So this morning, I'm going to end there. We're going to get our musicians up and I'm going to ask you to stand with us. And what I would like you to do is if that's you, if you felt that there's something inside of you that needs to be fanned into flame or perhaps you've never even known what God's call is in your life or the gift that you have, we're going to get them to pray for you that that gift would be revealed by the Spirit. Now when you come up, don't go like this. This is the gift I want. You can do that. You can desire spiritual gifts. It's a perfectly legitimate thing to do. The Bible says we should desire them. But when we come with our minds closed off to the possibilities of what God has for us, we we don't get what God really wants for us. You might say, well, I just want to be in the worship band, but you really don't have the voice or the talent, and it's not the gift that you have, but you're just crying out, I just want to be in the worship band because then I'll be up the front. Like these guys who everyone just worships on the doors <laughs> no. but it's like we sort of think it has to be visible for God to be using us and that's what we usually desire isn't it but the problem with that is when we desire a gift for us it's designed against what God says which is your gift is for the body and where does God actually want you to serve right now what is the gift that he's given you that can actually benefit the whole body Again, what's the point of having all of us up in the worship band and nobody down there? be fun, I guess, but <laughs> you know what I mean. And so I'm just doing what Paul did to Timothy back then. I'm going to remind you. I'm going to remind you today to fan into flame the gift that God has given you. Stop putting it away. You'll never be happy. You'll be miserable. And not only that, when we don't use our gifts, we don't understand who God is. So let's stand together. And I really want you to think about that. If that's something that you feel like God is really stirring up in your heart today, as I said, these guys have been playing out there for you this morning already. they are prayed up; They're ready to pray for you. That maybe either your gift will be revealed or that God would fan it into flame in your life, that you would take that step So draw close to him and let him draw close to you.